This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. The Synod on Synodality represents a danger to the faith, according to one very mainstream and high-profile Catholic priest, who spoke with Cardinal Burke at the start of the Synod at an event in Italy. Neither of them had been invited to participate in the Synod, of course. The Synod is not a Synod of Bishops, this priest tells us, but it is a meeting set to launch a new church. That's the language he uses to describe what's going on, and he paints it as a danger to the faith. The priest is not a traditionalist, but he is pretty conservative on matters related to the faith and to the church, which for our purposes is all that really matters here. His words should get the faithful to pray Bishop Schneider's prayer for the Synod, which I've posted on my website before. So let's take a look at the story. But let's start by doing what we like to do from time to time, which is checking in with Paca Papa Francis. Remember, the same synod on synodality that has been all about the bishops listening to the laity is now secretly meeting behind closed doors, which is apparently what you do when you're listening to the laity. Anyway, Francis had some words for the bishops present that he made public. Headline from Catholic News Agency. Pope Francis to synod on synodality. Do not sadden the Holy Spirit. Yes, don't make God sad. Okay, then. His message here is that if you're against the synod, or you're suspicious about what's going on, then you're part of the problem, and you make God sad. That's similar, actually, to what he said before, mostly about traditional Catholics, whom he has accused of denying the Holy Spirit, which is the one unforgivable sin, according to, the, to sacred scripture. But since Francis preaches another faith, maybe in his religion it's forgivable if we just dialogue and listen enough. I don't really know, though. Anyway, here's what the Pacapapa had to say about not making God sad. Quote, Pope Francis, in his opening remarks for the Synod on Synodality on Wednesday, offered guidance to participants on how the month-long assembly will proceed, pointing Synod delegates to text by St. Basil on the Holy Spirit, the Pope emphasized the importance of listening over speaking. He said the churches paused, just like the apostles were, when together in the upper room before Pentecost, except they were hiding in fear, and we are not. It's a pause of the listening church, and that's the most important message, he said, October 4th in the Vatican's Paul VI Hall. In the first general congregation or meeting of all the participants, Pope Francis said a synod on the topic of synodality is not easy, but it is beautiful. He said after the Amazon Synod in 2019, a survey was sent to the world's bishops to get their opinions on important topics to discuss as a church. Synodality, Francis said, was the first most popular answer. Sure it was, followed by the priesthood and an unspecified social issue. Most of the bishops of the world saw the need to reflect on synodality, he stressed. Repeating his frequent appeals that the Synod is not a parliament or a church meeting on pastoral care, Pope Francis underlined the priority of listening to the Holy Spirit over speaking. He said, Empty words are one of the things that sadden the Holy Spirit the most, and that gossip is one of the most common sins in the church. I insist on this. Do not sadden the Holy Spirit, the Pope said. Francis also told participants there should be a certain fasting from the public word during the synod. Addressing the media, he recalled, pressure at the 2019 Amazon Synod for the ordination of married men to the priesthood, so-called very probati, and the 
public opinion at the two synods on the family about allowing divorced and remarried Catholics to receive Holy Communion. Now there are hypotheses about this synod, he said. What will they do? Women priests? These are things they say outside. End quote. He doesn't tell you that he feeds into that, of course, but this synod often gets compared to the previous synod, the Pan-Amazon Synod, very frequently, and that ran in 2019. That is the synod where we saw the Pacamama idol being enthroned. That synod overtly placed the church in service to the secular world in numerous ways, with its final document being a love letter to international secular authorities and their political goals. It's all a big red flag for things going on now in the Synod on Synodality, since Laudato C2 was issued at the start of the Synod, despite that document having nothing whatsoever to do with the subject of this meeting of the bishops. But notice something here. Francis wants people to fast from the public word, which probably means don't pay attention to the media, and also don't give the media any information. That's directed to the bishops. At the time of the production of this video, reports from the Synod had been very few. We'd had scant reports on the internal goings-on at the Synod, save for official releases from the Vatican. But there's a reason for that. As one priest explained at the same event Cardinal Burke spoke at last week, Father Gerald Murray spoke about the danger the Synod represents to the faith. On Saturday, I presented Cardinal Burke's address to the Italian Conference, where Burke rejected the Synod's program for changing the faith and the claims made about the dubia. Father Murray spoke at the same conference and warned about the movements of the Synod and what they could do to the church. The website New Daily Compass ran the text of Father Murray's speech with this headline, The Sheep in Place of the Shepherds, The Synod Subverts the Church. The Synod has been distorted with its opening to non-bishop members in the new Synodal Church. It is the people who instruct the bishops on the meaning of the faith. So, the Synod is a liberal project denounced by Newman with grave danger to souls. And it's a pretty big accusation there, but where's the lie? Other churchmen have pointed out that you can't call it a Synod on bishops if laity are actively participating in it. I'd add that a true synod of the church doesn't involve schismatics and heretics participating in the process either, but that's what's happening at the synod, though to be fair, the representatives from the various schismatic and heretical groups aren't voting in the final part of the synod. But Father Murray's message is pretty clear about the synod representing a danger to the faith. It does so by first giving laity the power of shepherds, which they don't actually possess by any standard of the faith. Quote, the episcopal and hierarchical nature of the Synod of Bishops effectively came to an end with the publication on April 26, 2023 of an unsigned document from the press office of the General Secretariat of the Synod that announced the extension of participation in the Synodal Assembly to non-bishop members. The document states that on the 17th of April, 2023, the Holy Father approved the extension of participation in the Synodal Assembly to non-bishops. There's no citation of a papal decree dated 17th of April, 2023, enacting this change of law, and I am not aware that such a decree has been published. Canon 51 states, quote, a decree is to be issued in writing. The reference in the document to a papal approval of a change to existing canonical provisions is not sufficient to establish legal certainty in the matter. I note also that the press office of the General Secretariat of the Synod 
does not possess the canonical authority to derogate from either the canons of the Code of Canon Law, nor from the Apostolic Constitution Episcopalis Communio, which regulates the Synod of Bishops. The document nowhere states that Pope Francis approved of the contents of the press office document and ordered its publication. Thus, the document cannot be said to issue from the hand of Pope Francis. Thus, the General Assembly of the Synod and all its acts would be subject to a technical complaint of canonical nullity, absent the publication of a papal decree, giving legal force to the extension of membership in the Synodal Assembly to non-bishops. Credibly, the document states that, quote, these modifications which are warranted within the context of the synodal process will not, however, change the Episcopal nature of the assembly. This would only be true if baptized Catholics who are not bishops were also placed by the Holy Spirit, quote, to rule the Church of God. See Acts chapter 20, verse 28. This, of course, is not the case. What we now have is a synod of bishops and non-bishops. We no longer have a synod of bishops. The document also assures us that the Episcopal nature of the Synodal Assembly is not affected, but rather is confirmed, because non-bishops will be less than 25% of the total number of Assembly members. I wonder what percentage of non-bishops the Secretariat believes it would take to vitiate the Episcopal nature of the Synodal Assembly. End quote. His point is clear, really. It's time to stop calling it a synod of bishops. Bishops are consecrated with the Holy Spirit, and in theory, they take their job very seriously. They're supposed to safeguard the faith, protect the integrity of faith, and pass the faith on with the help of their ministers, in union, of course, with the Holy Father. These days, that's not what happens, and especially now, when we're told that the Holy Spirit is moving among peoples and in bishops' conferences, all pushing for radical changes to the faith. The laity are, in many places, demanding radical changes to Catholic morality. That will be the exact same thing as secular morality for all fundamental issues. Father Murray hints at it here. This next part is a little long, but it's eye-opening. Quote, The Instrumentum Laboris for the October Synod on Synodality, that's the working document, released on June 20th, embodies the now familiar pattern seen in the various stages of the synodal process. Certain questions are asked, others are ignored, predictable answers are given, and expectations are raised that a new church, the Holy Spirit-inspired synodal church, will emerge in which everyone will feel seen, recognized, welcomed, accepted, accompanied, cared for, listened to, valued, not judged, and so on. This emotion-centered focus is the template for the hope for a soft revolution in the church, and with Catholic doctrines that contradict decadent Western fleshly mores and radical ideological claims of oppression in the church are framed as obsolete, regrettable, and needless sources of discord and alienation, as holdovers from a cruel past. These doctrines, of course, need to be jettisoned, lest anyone feel unwelcome. At the press conference presenting the Instrumentum Laboris, Cardinal Jean-Claude Hollerich, General Repertoire for the October General Assembly responded to this question from Diane Montagna. Quote, In the Instrumentum Laboris, two questions are asked. How can we create spaces where those who feel hurt and unwelcomed by the community feel recognized, received, free to ask questions, and not judged? In the light of the post-synodal apostolic exhortation of Morse Laetitia, isn't the only possible answer to these questions that 
for these people to feel accepted, the church must change her teaching on the inherent immorality of any use of the faculties of the flesh outside of a lifelong and exclusive singular union of that is traditional and natural in nature. Hollerick's response reveals why the synodal process is a disaster that is bringing great damage and sorrow to the church. We do not speak about the church's teaching. That is not our task and not our mission. We just speak to welcome everybody who wants to walk with us. That is something different. Different indeed. Proclaiming Catholic doctrine is not the synod's task or mission. What is the mission then? The Instrumentum Laboris states that the synod represents an opportunity to walk together as a church capable of welcoming and accompanying, accepting the necessary changes in rules, structures, and procedures. The same applies to many other issues that emerge in the discussion threads. Among the issues that emerge, contested Catholic doctrines will undoubtedly be unfavorably scrutinized and found wanting by those in favor of, quote, accepting the necessary changes. The Bishop of San Francisco de Macores in the Dominican Republic, Alfredo de la Cruz, on September 18th, previewed what the expression necessary changes might mean at the Synodal Assembly. Quote, we must first distance ourselves from everything that fundamentalism signifies, from believing that doctrine can't be touched. That would be the first temptation we would have, to believe that doctrine can't be touched. Doctrine is there in order to reflect, to see, end quote. The Catholic faith and its morality is now called fundamentalism by these folks. And some people wonder why more and more people are questioning the validity of the current papal claimant and why more and more people are embracing set of contism. People wonder why there is such strong pushback against the synod on synodality. What's going to come from all this? No one really knows yet, but Francis gave us a hint with his response to the dubia of Burke, as well as to the dubia of the cardinal from Poland that didn't get as much attention. Both responses pointing to changes to fundamental doctrine that go well beyond a development of doctrine into a new faith with new mores. And I'm glad Father Murray is using the language of a new church here, because that is what we're facing, a new church with a new religion, the ape of the church, folks. It's apostasy. That's the only way really to describe it. But it all depends on what comes at the end of the synodal process in 2024 and what Francis does, of course. But what do you think about this? Do you expect to see overtly, essentially, a new religion out of this? That anything identifiably Catholic will be cast aside? Yes, there'll be the sacraments, but now they will be without restriction. I mean, think about it. Francis himself said recently that he has never once denied absolution to anybody and that, that priests should always abs absolve sins in the confessed in the confessional, even if there's no firm purpose of amendment, which the church has always said, if you don't have firm purpose of amendment when, when you make your confession, you commit a sacrilege. What do you think is going on? Let me know in the comments, please. Hit like and subscribe if you haven't, it does help. So to sharing this on social media, that helps too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.